Sweet dreams are made of these. Who am I to disagree? It's Nick Amell, host of the Tennis Podcast, and we're here to give you some sweet dreams today along with my sidekick host. Uh, it's me, Brandon, your sidekick host. Brandon, sidekick host. I don't know if we're dealing out dreams, but maybe today's content might inspire. I wouldn't say nightmares, but you ever have those uh, dreams where you just do the same repetitive task over and over in your sleep? No. Oh, well... I do. I've heard other people do have it before too. Like the first time I start a new job or if I've recently done a repetitive task during the day, like boxing things up or shoveling dirt or something, I sometimes have a dream that night. Again, not quite a nightmare, but not like a nice dream where I do that work all night in my sleep in the dream. And I think that is what we're going to present today. One of those dreams where all night long you're like, what the fuck am I doing? This is so, so tedious. How many nights have you had a dream about working your way through that airport hot dog in Atlanta? Well, Brandon, tell me what the show's about first before you tell us yeah, your titillating topic. What we're doing here is one of us each week brings a list. It's usually 10, could be more, could be less. It's a list of stuff and the other person has no idea what's on that list. But they're going to try to guess it along with you, the listener at home. Although you might not be at home, but that's okay. If you're not home, go home right now. Yeah, this show only works at home. You won't get the full effect. So, Brandon, I don't know what's on your list today. I don't even know what the list is. Mm -hmm. So, why don't you tell me? We talked about some potential lists, but I, I was afraid you wouldn't be up to the challenge. Hmm. But I do think you'll be up to today's challenge. We're going to guess the longest running reality TV series. Okay. And that's it. It's as simple as that. Every single one of them except for one is still airing, so you should be familiar with them. They're on TV, and the one that started the earliest started in 1989. So these are all well within your sphere of awareness at the end of the 20th century and the early 21st century. And these are all definitely just like unscripted reality shows. This doesn't count anything that, I don't know, uh... All unscripted reality TV series. Unscripted in quotes. Oh, yeah. Unscript, unscripted, as we will find out today, in big old quotes. And when you say longest running, you mean like the years they were active on TV? The years, not the seasons, yeah. because uh, it's another thing. Some of these series have been on for like 18 or 17 years, but have something like 30 or 40 seasons. Yeah. I've never been huge into reality shows, so mm. I really don't know what... <laughs> no, you definitely are familiar with every single one of these shows somewhat. You, even, the ones yeah, where no. I, even the ones where I haven't watched a single episode, I'm surprised at how much I knew about the show and how it worked itself. Okay. You're going to get a big old dose of reality today, Brandon. <laughs> uh-huh. This is unreality today. We're, turns out reality TV does not reflect reality. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? So, should I go ahead and start? Yeah. Or we have 10? Yeah, there's 10. The Bachelor. The Bachelor is number seven on the list. I knew it. It has been airing for 18 years, 2002 to present. The Bachelor, number seven. Now, we used to watch The Bachelor. We, don't, uh, we haven't watched it in a, in a year, so I guess it hasn't been on because of the pandemic. But my wife watched The Bachelor a lot and uh, I'd watch it too. Because she's desperate to find someone else, right? That's just a popular show, especially among uh, women, but I like to watch it too. Uh, I used to be, start out watching it just to make fun of it and then it, it's a slow motion train wreck every week and 
it's entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've been living under a TV rock for the last 18 years, The Bachelor is an American dating and relationship reality television series debuted March 25th, 2002 on ABC for its first 25 seasons. See, it's 18 years, 25 seasons. The show is hosted by Chris Harrison. Now, he's not hosting anymore. He, yeah, did he get into some trouble? Yeah. One of the contestants was that in 2018, when she was in college, when she was in a sorority, she attended a Kappa Alpha fraternity party called an, an Old South party, where they celebrate the antebellum South. They wear like Civil War uniforms and the women dress like Southern Bells. Now, the, the fraternity or sorority that puts on the party had put out a nas- nationwide ban on that party in 2016. So when the party happened, they were already not in, already in trouble and not supposed to be having these parties. When this came out, a black bachelor contestant brought this up or discussed this with Chris Harrison. And Chris Harrison went like out of his way to defend this girl as being, or the, and he did refer to her as a girl. I guess technically she's a woman, but she's a if you're on the show, you're, you're an idiot. <laughs> so you're either a boy or a girl. <laughs> These are all boys and girls. <laughs> but he was defending her for being like innocent. And anyway, he came to her defense and he evidently he like ranted for like 13 full minutes defending her, which is a fucking long time to defend somebody who like you have no stake in. So he's out, and the show I believe is currently be ho- being hosted by two Drew Carey, two former uh, female contestants. Not Drew Carey, just to be clear. Uh, no, no, he's busy. No Mel Gibson hosting. <laughs> no, can you imagine fucking later Mel on in, later hosting. on in the show. I have a perfect, perfect suggestion for the host of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So, if you're not familiar with The Bachelor, the series revolves around a single bachelor, usually a young, hunky fella. They don't pick, they don't pick like chubby guys or super skinny guys or, no. <laughs> with uh, one exception, even people of color. It's always uh, like a handsome, square-jawed, inoffensive white guy. The single bachelor who begins with a pool of romantic interests oh, baby. from whom he is expected to select a wife. <laughs> so the, I love the idea is so this fucking stupid. the end of this show you're going to marry the winner. <laughs> Does it happen? Do they really get married? Yeah. Well, how many of them last? Sometimes there's some twists and we'll get into that. Yeah. What normally happens is at the end he's down to two women. He takes these two women that he proclaims to be equally in love with. And they usually go to like Hawaii and they have like super long, very romantic, picturesque, cinematic dates where they like horseback ride on the beach and have a picnic in a rainforest by a waterfall usually he's fucking both of them too (laughs) which they don't explicitly say on the show but my wife who reads all the or used to read all the gossip about it online knew that like yeah they were all like (laughs) slamming their meat all the time that's the whole show isn't it the idea is that he goes to hawaii and he's like I don't know who I want to marry. And he has to figure out. Pick one. Yeah, he's got to pick one and then marry her. (laughs) So, yeah, during the course of the season, he eliminates candidates uh, each week. You get a rose. They have a rose ceremony. And if you get the rose, it means you get to move on to the next week. And, yeah, it culminates in a marriage proposal to the final selection. 
The participants travel to romantic and exotic locations for their dates, and the conflicts in the series, both internal and external, stem from the elimination-style format of the show. And there is conflict. Oh, yeah. Some of those twists might be a candidate who was eliminated returns to the show (laughs) to plead her case to The Bachelor. Now, she doesn't return to the show to just keep playing. She returns to the show and then begs The Bachelor to let her back in. And I've never and seen it work. It? No. It's, you know, it's like watching The Office. It's must-see, it's must-cringe TV. If you're the contestant there, the woman that's doing that, mm-hmm. what the fuck is, what do you have to gain from that? Well, <sighs> what they normally have to gain is if they're a fan, like a viewer favorite, then they could be offered a role on another reality. Like, the whole thing is, for many of them, and we'll also talk about this, like, being there for the right reasons. It's common to accuse a contestant of not being on the show for, quote, for the right reasons, meaning that... No one's there for the right reasons. Yeah, it means that her aim is not to establish a relationship with The Bachelor, but it's rather to garner publicity for her own career, induce jealousy in an ex-boyfriend, become selected (laughs) as the next Bachelorette, or simply get to get free trips to exotic locations. Brandon, have you never gone on a reality show to get back at an ex? That's why most of my reality TV show appearances, how most of those came about, was spite. They, they asked me in my interview, you know, why are you here? Why are you auditioning? Spite. This is revenge. Yeah. Sometimes a bachelor could distribute more or fewer roses than planned. That really pisses the women off. It doesn't matter if it's more or fewer roses. If it deviates from the rules, or even if it doesn't, they get fucking pissed. The bachelor. Wait, wait, so the idea there is that he's supposed to hand out, let's say, 10 roses to 11 right. women. Let's say there's 12 women and he's going to hand out 10 roses. But like four of the women get into like a bitchy drunken cat fight. <laughs> he might say, I'm only giving out eight roses tonight and dismiss all four that got into the bitchy cat fight. And then all four will have like their own confessional to the camera which is them on the screen usually crying yeah. or like maybe like moving her head back and forth like he's a fucking idiot i didn't want to be here anyway it's awesome tv sometimes a bachelor eliminates a woman outside of the normal elimination process for example he may eliminate both women on a two-on-one date Sometimes they have him go on a date with two women at the same time, which... That's so stupid. They don't get along. It's like putting two bugs in a jar. They just start... They're going to start fucking or fighting, and these women always fight. It also would be great if, like, one of those times when they were, like, taking a helicopter over, like, San Francisco Bay together, he just kicked this chick out of the helicopter. (laughs) I would fucking love that. And, there, and there's another twist uh, at the end where The Bachelor may choose to just pursue a relationship with his final selection rather than propose marriage, which... Well, but the, no, 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 that's bullshit. That's the whole show. I know. It's like, it's what happens if sanity comes rushing back in at the end. It, what probably happened is the night before he went to propose, they finally hook up and they have sex. And then after he, in his like post-nut clarity, he's like the fuck i can't marry this girl i only i don't know what i'm doing and then at the end he's like why don't we just see how this goes how about a promise ring i don't think that should be allowed i think they should be forced to be married even if they're held down at gunpoint might be illegal nah they signed a contract to be on the show 
there's some cases where a bachelor violated the premise of the show. Uh, Brad Womack, he didn't select either of his two final women on his season. He ditched both of them. And then Jason Mesnick, he broke off his engagement in the After the Final Rose episode. So after the Final Rose, they had this other episode where they invite all the Bachelor contestants back and they like shit on each other. They... <laughs> Not literally though, right? Yeah. They show like highlights. Some of the clips are funny. It's usually, it's just another excuse to, you know, it's more drama. It's more TV drama. And so this guy, he broke off the engagement in the After the Final Rose episode with the one he selected. And then a few months later, he proposed off screen to the first runner up, a girl named Molly, and then he later married her. I don't think it should be allowed. I think when you agree to go on to The Bachelor, you agree you're going to marry the winner of the show, and that's it. I hope all of these people are not planning on becoming parents. <laughs> One, a big thing that stands out to me about the show is the ridiculous overuse of the word amazing. Mm-hmm. The adjective amazing, if you took a drink every time someone said the word amazing on that show, you wouldn't make it past the first commercial break. She's an amazing person. We just had a really amazing day. It was a really amazing experience with a really amazing girl. And, you know, I'm just thankful. This ex- whole experience has just been really amazing. They're just constantly amazed. Yeah. Can't make a drinking game out of it. It'll kill you. Imagine going through life being constantly amazed. The show's been criticized for stigmatizing virginity. Yeah. Because usually on the show, if a woman is presented as a virgin, she's shown as like sort of innocent and, you know, innocent and virginal. And if the guy is a virgin, it's like a huge double standard. It's like, what's wrong with this fucking geek? <laughs> is he, uh, is he, yeah, is he on fire for the Lord or what? <laughs> so that's The Bachelor, number seven. Okay, well then let's talk about The Bachelorette. That has to be on here, right? The Bachelorette is on here. It started just after The Bachelor. So it's been on for 17 years from 2003 to the present. It's number nine on the list. So The Bachelorette, as you can imagine, is the exact same thing as The Bachelor, only with the genders reversed. It's another American dating and relationship reality series. I actually like The Bachelorette more because the guys are even dumber than the girls. Well, how often do they get in fistfights? It almost comes to blows in like every other episode. <laughs> the first episode. <laughs> the first season featured Trista uh, Wren. She was a runner-up from the first season of The Bachelor. See, that's the thing. Like, If you're the runner-up or even if you're not the runner-up, if you're a favorite, from The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, you may have the opportunity to return. The opportunity. Right. And she had the opportunity to return and choose a husband from among 25 bachelors. Are any of them on either show, Bachelor or Bachelorette, are they ever upfront and open about like, I'm not actually here because I'm looking for love. I'm just here to have a good time. Some of them are. They usually get eliminated pretty, like those get eliminated pretty quick. Like I said, there's all kinds of accusations about not being here for the right reasons. And I've seen like, I remember there was a guy on The Bachelorette, I think he was from Nashville, which is immediately a tip off, like a hunky guy from Nashville. Are you sure he's not pushing a country music record? And yeah, he was about to come out with a country music album and he had a girlfriend back home that he lied about. (laughs) And like the thing is that he like told other dudes 
at the house when he was drunk and the other dudes are like, we got to tell the bachelorette, this guy's got a girlfriend back home. He's not here for the right reasons. <laughs> what are the right reasons to marry somebody you don't fucking know? <laughs> Brandon, so judgmental against these young, upstanding gentlemen. You think really highly of these guys, huh? It's kind of a love. I wouldn't say it's a love-hate relationship. Though I like, I like the show. I know, like my wife and I enjoy it for many of the same reasons. We both know that it's fake as hell. That we're watching something that is produced, but it is still entertaining. It's funny. I've we've had a really good time watching it and making fun of it, which is usually you know what I get most out of reality shows is watching it with someone and making fun of it. It's like me and my friends and everyone I know and everyone you know, we all get together and just scroll through your Facebook or look at old home videos or read book reports you've done in the past and just fucking just have a a crazy time laughing at you. Well, here's some more evidence about it being, you know, not reality. In 2010, The Bachelor creator Mike Fleiss appeared on 2020 and he confessed that he developed the show's contestants into characters that catered to his audience tastes and that they needed their fair share of villains every season. Fleiss has villains. <laughs> and they do. It's like out of 25 contestants, it'll be 19 villains. <laughs> <laughs> like six that you're like, oh, I'd like to hang out with them or they'd be okay. They seem okay. Yeah. There's usually, to me, there are usually more bachelorette contestants, the guys who seem like they would be okay to hang out with like at a you know, a party or a barbecue or something. A lot of the Bachelor contestants, like, those girls stress me out. A lot of them are just very, I don't know, intense. The guys... So, what you're saying is you you hate women and you don't think they're... No, I... They should have the same rights as men. I think the type of women who want to appear on The Bachelor are a little too intense for me. And I think the type of guys who want to appear on The Bachelorette are really probably not my speed either. But usually there's at least a handful of them that are pretty laid back and chill when there's like one guy with really like gelled up spiky hair in the middle of the room with his shirt off screaming like, you don't fucking know me. You fucking know me. <laughs> fucking here for the right reasons. I'm here for Trisha. <laughs> fucking here for the right reasons. There, that, oh, that's God. part of the drinking game too. The actual drinking games for a bachelor or bachelorette are like drink when someone says, are you, you know, here for the right reasons. <laughs> so stupid. So the bachelorette and number nine. Now those are the two on here that, two of the ones on here that I'm most intimately familiar with. I'll fucking bet you are. There's several on here that I'm not as familiar with. Would you ever go on the show The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? Yeah, that's, let's talk about which ones we would appear on. So, I'm not in a, a, a marital position to be showing up on The Bachelorette right now. In my younger years, would I have done it? No. <laughs> it, if, <laughs> no. If I was unmarried at this age and they had a Bachelorette that was for like 40-year-olds, no, good God, no. Like, I do think it would be entertaining if you put me or someone like me on that show, but I would... A little all, full of yourself, aren't you? Well, but I would not last very long because I don't think I would be doing what the producers wanted out of the show. They wouldn't cast you in the first place, <laughs> by right, the they way. wouldn't cast me in the first place. I would never be cast on that yeah. show. Not enough of a hunk. You're not there for the right reasons. You're not there for <laughs> Trisha. I'm here for one thing, one thing only. To marry the love of my life, Trisha, who I met 20 minutes ago when I got out of a limo 
wearing my high school letterman jacket. The love of my life. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, okay, let's say you had to go on one of the shows. Mm-hmm. Let's say it was a condition of your living or dying mm-hmm. was that you had to appear on one of the shows and last an entire season. Oh, could I make it? Could I like fake it, play the game? Yes. Oh, yeah. That. I, yes. But which, which one though would you do better at? What do you mean? I would do better at The Bachelorette because bachelor- I'm going for the lady. What are you talking about? Oh, wait. If I'm on The Bachelor. No, but you. If I'm on The Bachelor. You would be I would The be, Bachelor. No. Oh, would I want to be The Bachelor or be a candidate on The Bachelorette? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, The Bachelor does. No, I mean, you got to pick The Bachelor because he gets to go on all the dates. He's making out with all of them. He's <laughs> slapping meat with at least a handful of them. He usually gets to stay above the drama, although eventually he gets dragged down into it. There's always like a, a clip from the first episode of the season where they're like, and you're in for a fucking roller coaster this season. And then I'll show you a bunch of clips of people like screaming, crying, kissing in love, meeting their parents. And then like one of those will always be the bachelor or the bachelorette themselves, like crying and like running away from the camera saying like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's for Trisha. I know. Are you here for Trisha? Are you here for Trisha? I'm here for the right reasons. <laughs> Bro, I don't know. I don't know if this guy's here. For, I don't know if he's here for Trisha. We're all here for Trisha. Here for Trisha. <laughs> she needs so much love and support. I had to quit my job for six months and move to LA <laughs> for Trisha. It's Nick here inviting you to join our Tennis Pod Army of Misfit Toys by adorning yourself in our official Tennis Podcast merchandise. Go to TennisPod.com slash merch now for our newest designs, including Peanut Butter is the New Water, the Tennis Pod Retro Logo, Brandon's Body Elves, Dr. Phil, and much more. In fact, if you don't go check out this new merch, then just go ahead and unsubscribe. Shirt! Yes, a shirt saying that is available too. All designs are available in multiple shirt colors, sized for both men and women. We also have mugs and stickers too. So what are you waiting for? A licking machine shirt? Well, we have that too. So get your ass over to TennisPod.com slash merch now. That's one zero I-S-H-P-O-D.com slash M-E-R-C-H. Branding. All right. Well, let me give you another guess. How about the real world? The real world. Now that is one that I used to be very familiar with. I didn't know it was still running. It's still running. Yeah, me neither. You never hear anyone talk about it. Real World is number two. It is the second longest reality TV series. It has been running for 28 years. Wow. From 1992 to the present. Now, MTV does not show the real world on MTV. I I believe it airs through like Facebook or something now. But it's still airing. The Real World, one of my favorite reality TV series, uh, is produced through MTV. And Bunna Murray Productions, it most recently aired on Facebook Watch. I guess that's Facebook's streaming oh. platform. After airing on MTV from 1992 to 2017. It is in development for future seasons on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, it was first broadcast in 1992. Do you know, do you know or remember God where damn. the first season of Real World was set? Moscow, Russia. No, it was in New York. I've never watched... An episode. You've never watched an episode of Real World. I've watched for several uh, of the first few seasons, I was on it. 
It was a very 90s show and it was a big part of my 90s experience. So anyway, Las Vegas was the last season that I was familiar with and it took a turn. After that, they went to get the, this is all the places they've been to since then. Paris, San Diego, Philadelphia, Austin, Key West, Denver, Sydney, Hollywood, Brooklyn, Cancun, DC, New Orleans again, Las Vegas again, San Diego again, St. Thomas, Portland, something called Explosion, something called Skeletons, Go Big or Go Home, back to Seattle, something called Bad Blood, most recent season in Atlanta. Did you say they had one called Skeletons? Yeah. Did you lose when you got murdered and turned into a skeleton? It, so, the seas, I didn't know anything about this. One. I didn't look it up. So, I'm reading this. It must be like skeletons in the closet. Yeah. So, it's what is a season featured a total of seven people an additional, and an additional 11 guests who were the skeletons. So, the season started out with seven roommates and then the cast was joined at different points by 11 different additional guests. The additional guests were the skeletons, people who have unresolved issues, the original cast members, at the moment relating to family, romance, work. So stupid. Why, why do people put themselves in this position? So here's a guy, there, uh, Jason Hill. He's one of the cast members. He was 24 from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, he was originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina, but he's living in Raleigh where he works as a car salesman. He was raised by a single mother and played football. He resents his father for leaving when Jason was just a baby. His father, Lafayette, is his skeleton, and he arrived to the house in the season finale. My God, that's cruel. It's pretty messed up. Well, why does the dad even agree to do that? I mean, TV I man, they all wanna, they all wanna be on TV. We're living in like the post-reality world. There, in the first seasons of the real world, it was noted for being well. It was crapped on at the time, and then looking back, people were like, oh, it was actually, although fake, it was definitely more, like, interesting and dealt with, like, real-world issues rather than fake issues of, like, drunken hooking up and, like... Yes, which is what they all are now. Right. And which started with the Las Vegas season. Yeah, it starts... Uh, you don't know the... You didn't watch enough times to say the... I don't uh, even know what the premise of the show is, other than they all live the together. The intro is, this is the true story, true story! of seven strangers picked to live in the house and have their lives taped to find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. The real world. They're starting, they stop being polite and they start getting real. That's it? That's the hook of the show? People being rude? No, they, don't, they just get I real. I got enough rude people living with me now. I'm not on the real world. Sometimes they're rude. Yeah, it was an idea that they had to just make a show cheaper. They cast a bunch of regular people to live in an apartment, tape their day-to-day -day lives. They believed that having seven diverse people would have enough of a basis upon which to interact without scripts. Uh, the first season they put together, they converted a massive 4,000 square foot duplex in Soho, cast seven cast members from around 500 applicants, and paid them $2,600 for their time on the show. The cast lived in the loft from February 16th to May 18th, 1992, and then the series premiered three days later on May 21st. That's, I mean, they lived for three months in this weird house altogether with a bunch of strangers being filmed, and then three days later, it premieres on MTV and, like, everybody knows their name and, like, all about them and is watching. $2,600 is not worth three months of my life. No. The show also gained widespread attention in its third season, The Real World San Francisco. 
1994, and it depicted the conflict between David Puck Rainey, you don't remember, you didn't watch it, you don't remember Puck, the bicycle messenger, criticized for his poor personal hygiene. Nope. And his roommates, most notably AIDS activist Pedro Zamora. The biggest conflict I remember him having with Puck, I remember Puck is a bicycle messenger, so he always had scabs all over him from falling off the bike. And Pedro was yelling at him, saying, you pick your scabs and then you put your figa in the peanut butter. Well, you can't do that. <laughs> he was doing it. He was on camera picking his scabs and putting his finger in the peanut butter. Like to lick his finger? Yeah, he was gross. Puck was gross. In like Puck's very first introduction when he's like, I'm Puck, I'm gross, he like blew a snot shot. Ew. Yeah, Puck was What disgusting. is he, a messenger? Is he part of the show? He was a bicycle messenger. Yeah, I think he might have been from San Francisco too. I gotta... Let me look him up, see what Puck is up to now. Now, why would anybody stick their finger in a peanut butter? The only time that's allowed is if you live alone. Even then, I'm against it because you're taking your finger, putting it in your mouth, and then putting that same saliva-covered finger back into the peanut butter, mixing your saliva with the peanut butter. Uh, his roommate Muhammad complained that Puck uh, didn't change his socks, instead covered his feet with more socks to mask the smell, which Muhammad said did not work. Well, I don't like him. It all comes down to the peanut butter for me. Oh, as of 2013, he was on felony probation and forbidden from leaving the LA count from uh, Los Angeles County. So he's been in some trouble. Sounds like a stand-up guy. Listener of the show, though. We do appreciate you listening, Yeah, Puck. shout out to Puck. So, overt sexual behavior was actually minimal during the show's early seasons. In subsequent seasons, the level of sexual activity greatly increased, beginning with the Miami season. And I remember... Of course. I remember what it was. Depicted or touched upon activities such as exhibitionism, fraudage, voyeurism, and threesomes. And I remember the episode that hit on three out of those four, exhibition, voyeurism, and threesomes. When Mike and Melissa brought home a girl from the bar and they went in the hot tub together and then they took a shower together, but then the other roommates were eavesdropping outside a window, it was saucy. I mean, this was, let's see, what year did this come out? This came out- This is over 20 years ago, right? That you remember this from? Yeah, this came out in 96. So, I was 14, 15 when I was watching this and this was some like spicy shit. (laughs) Well- yeah, 25 years ago, you still remember the names and everything. So, that's, uh, it left an impression on Watch you. Watch the hell out of it. Uh, so, that's the real world, number two. What about Blind Date? No, it's not on here. I don't think this, this can't be in the top 10, but I'll, how about the Kardashians? That's like 10 years old, right? Yeah, it's not in the top 10. It's not the longest running, but that would count as a reality show. How about Real Housewives of something? No. Number 10 has been on for 15 years. 15 years. So, that would have been mid-2000s. Yeah. This list actually came out in 2020. So, it says it it was 2005 to present. So, it could technically be 16 years. Oh, American Idol has to be. American Idol is number eight on the list. I knew it. It has run for 18 years. This would be going on 19 years. It's number eight on the list. It's a singing competition TV series created by a guy named Simon Fuller. Which, for a second, I got him confused with Simon Cowell yeah. and thought like, oh, he, he created it too? Simon Cowell has a weird plastic surgery face now and almost aggressive man boobs. <laughs> Still a hell of an ass. He wears though. really tight shirts and his nipples are, <laughs> you stop? are playing for keeps. 
You said nibbles there instead of nipples. Well, on Simon Cowell, they are nibbles. It started as an, an addition to the Idols format that was based on Pop Idol from British television. It became one of the most successful shows in the history of American TV. The concept of the series involves discovering recording stars from unsigned singing talents. The winner determined by American viewers using phones, internet, and text voting. The biggest successes out of American Idol. Who would you say the, like, the three busy, biggest successes are? Let's see, Kelly Clarkson. Mm -hmm. um, There's one that's even bigger than her. There's one. That's yeah, like I know. I, I can't think of it. Country uh, music it superstar so. now. Oh, Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. And yeah. the other one is not as much of a recording star, but do you remember Jennifer Hudson? I don't think that she, I don't know if she won American Idol. She might have won it. But she was a contestant American Idol, and then she was in, she's been in a couple of different movies, but she, she won an Academy Award for one of her, for a performance. Do you remember Ruben from season two? Ruben stuttered. Yeah. And fucking Clay Aiken. If I was invisible. He might as well be to me. I forgot all about him until I did this research, <laughs> and I did not include him in one of the successes. Adam Lambert, isn't that one? I mean, yeah, but most people. I did used to watch the first few seasons when I was when it first came yeah. out. American Idol employs a panel of vocal judges who critique the contestants' performances. The original judges for the first through eight seasons were record producer and music manager Randy Jackson, played the bass on the song Don't Stop Believin'. Did you know that? Fuck. I guess I didn't know that. Did he really? Yeah. Singer and choreographer Paula Abdul, who loves pills, <laughs> yes. That's in her wiki. And then music executive and manager Simon Cowell. Weird face, big titties. The judging panel for the last three seasons on Fox has consisted of singers Keith Urban, Ugh. Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> and Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, how did he get on there? Uh, he's a douche too. Now the 16th season brought three new judges. One of these, I think... One besides Randy Jackson, this is probably the most talented judge I think they've had on the show. Lionel Richie oh, okay. is definitely the most like musically talented judge I think they've had like long term. Well, you mean other than Nicki Minaj, Katy Perry, and Luke Bryan? Yeah, they've had some others like Nicki Minaj and uh, like Steven, Steven Tyler. Tyler has been on there. Some in the entertainment industry were critical of the star-making aspect of the show. Usher, who has been a mentor on the show, like for, I don't know if you've, you probably remember from watching it, you know, some episodes they'll have like a celebrity mentor to come in yeah. and work with all the, all the artists. Usher has done that before and he bemoaned the loss of the true art form of music. He thought the shows like American Idol made it seem so easy that everyone can do it and that it can happen overnight and that television is a lie. And Elton John said something similar that like, he was like, you got to put your time in at a bunch of small clubs. Yep. My last note is just a reminder, Paul Abdul loves pills. Paul Abdul loves pills. But I do love in Bruno when she comes in to do the interview and she has to sit on, <laughs> on the, uh, the help. Oh, like uh, people furniture? Yeah. Yeah. But she does it. She sits there. Oh, she rolled with it. She needed to sit down. There's nothing beating the original judge panel and William Hung, remember him? <laughs> she moved, she moved. Oh, baby. 
<laughs> like, I can't figure out, is he a cross between, like, being completely clueless and sort of empty? Or is there some, like, super sinister Machiavellian <laughs> yeah. shit going no. on? If Like, no, there's not? <laughs> <laughs> no. There's not something super sinister with William Hung. He who sang, she moved, she bang, like she a bee, like a boo. butterfly. <laughs> I'm looking up. Uh, oh man, if you haven't seen a picture of William Hung in a long time, he looks so happy and so eight years old in every single picture. He's probably like 50 years old now. He still looks eight years old. Dude, some of the those scenes where the judges could, like couldn't contain their laughter at a, <laughs> at a contestant, uh, it's the best. That really is like peak television. People get really mad about it for being like mean television, but I, I guess I just don't give a fuck. I'm <laughs> George Carlin said like when you're born you get a ticket to the freak show, but when you're born in America you get a front row seat. Mm-hmm. And that's how I view like most of this reality TV. It's just a front row seat to a bunch of horrible bullshit that's happening anyway. Like, Well, the thing about people, less so William Hung because he had a certain charm to him, but some of the more like awful performances that uh, the tryouts that would happen to where like uh no one in the planet could possibly think this is good. You have to blame their families for not fucking cluing them in beforehand. Yeah. (laughs) Hung rapidly gained a cult following. (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's the sinister side yeah anyway let's move on though okay how about survivor is gonna be number five close survivor is number four on the list it's been airing for 20 years started in 2000 again this list was built in 2020 i guess technically it's been going for 21 years now i'm sure it's still on i didn't hear that survivor was canceled my parents didn't to hold hands and jump off of a bridge together. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> Survivor is still on the air. <laughs> Survivor is the American version of the international survival, survival reality competition TV franchises. And then it, that one derived from a Swedish TV series called Expedition Robinson, which premiered in 1997. The American version premiered on May 31st, 2000 on CBS, hosted by television personality Jeff Probst. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, He's also an executive producer now, along with Mark Burnett and the original creator uh, Parsons. Television show places a group of strangers in an isolated location, usually somewhere fucking tropical or hot as fuck. They must provide food, fire, and shelter for themselves. The contestants compete in challenges, including testing the contestants' physical ability, like running or swimming, and their mental abilities, like puzzles and endurance challenges for rewards and immunity from elimination. You can get that immunity idol. I'm still laughing about your parents. (laughs) (laughs) Both hands and jump off a bridge. The contestants are progressively eliminated from the game as they are voted out by their fellow contestants until only one remains and is given the title of sole survivor and is awarded the grand prize of a million dollars, which in 2000, a million dollars is a lot of money. 2021, a million dollars is still a lot of money, but I feel like they could bump that up. Yeah, so they haven't bumped it up? They haven't accounted for inflation, cost of living increases? No. Do you want to know who hasn't seen 10 seconds of Survivor in their life? Is it this guy I'm talking to? This guy you're talking to. Haven't seen it, don't plan to see it, don't care, 
But let me tell you a little bit about what you're missing, what the game's like. So the first season, uh, the first U.S. season of Survivor had the same general format as the Swedish series. They have 16 or more players, and they split between two or more tribes. And they're taken to a remote, isolated location. They are given what basically look like swim clothes to wear. (laughs) And they're forced to live off the land with meager supplies for 39 days, or 42 in the Australian Outback season. They have frequent physical and mental challenges, and they're used to pit the teams against each other for rewards, (laughs) such as food or luxuries. Luxuries would be things like taking a shower. Sometimes uh, uh, the luxury is like a hot shower. Sometimes it's like access to like clean clothes, or it might be like a fucking bag of beans. And they're like... Or a hand job, right? And they will... No, they're they're all giving each other like sweaty, dirty, sand-covered hand jobs out in the woods together. It's more like they, they will fucking scrap and fight to the death over a bag of beans. Or for immunity, getting one of those immunity idols, forcing the other tribe to attend tribal council where they most, must vote off one of their tribe mates. Halfway through the season, they have the tribes merge and that always you know, causes some extra drama. Now, when you say merge, do you mean sexually merge? That always ends up that way. Do they really fuck on the show? I'm sure some have, but everyone's all gross and stinky out in the middle of nowhere. But they don't, they, it's not part of the show though. Like no, it is no, in it's the not bachelor. like, they don't, no, it's yeah. not like, no, The Bachelorette or, or those other shows now. Yeah, you go to tribal council and you write their name down on a piece of paper and you show it to the camera. I'm voting. And they kind of whisper, they'll be like, voting out Dan because I can't stand his fucking face anymore. And they fold it up and they put it in a jar and then someone pulls the votes out of the jar and then someone gets cast out. They whisper, I'm doing this for the right reasons. I'm doing this for Trisha. <laughs> I'm here for the right reasons. Okay. So that winner of season one, so you won't remember any of this. No. You didn't watch it. The winner of season one was this guy named Richard Hatch. He's kind of a middle-aged, bald or balding gay guy. How's the ass? He loved to be fucking naked. (laughs) His thing in season one was like, I'm a fucking survivor. I don't even need clothes. And he would just lounge around with his dick out all the time. And he won season one. He was really good at playing the game. Maybe part of the game was intimidating people with his dick out all the time. Isn't that sexual assault? We're not assault. Well, uh, we're getting to that. So he came back for another season for Survivor All-Stars. He got into a confrontation with his friend, a lady named Sue Hawk. He was like standing up, like bowing up to her and blocking a path or she was blocking a path. And one of them brushed by the other one. She feels, or maybe it did, maybe it did really happen, uh, that his dick accidentally touched her Mm. when they were in this confrontation. No good. She ended up dropping out of that season. She, She was so stressed out or offended or hurt. That his dick brushed against her? Well, I got to admit, if a tall, nude man <laughs> was like standing and blocking your path and you tried to get past him and then his dick touched the skin of your arm, it would be like, okay, I put up with the fact that you're hanging around naked all the time and then you use your naked body to physically block me and then your sex organ that I didn't want to touch and didn't even want to <laughs> see organ. fucking touch the skin of my arm. I can see how someone would be like, fuck that. I don't want to be, I'm not, it's not worth it on this show to have Richard's dick on my arm. They shouldn't be allowed to be naked like that. I agree. 
Well, we're getting to that. So he was rumored uh, at one point to have smuggled a pack of matches up his ass uh, in the All-Star season, but his tribe still couldn't make fire. That's because they were all too wet from being in his ass. <laughs> you were supposed to put them in, an, in a waterproof container. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even get to the matches through all the gunk. So he was considered as a candidate to participate in an all-winners 40th season of Survivor called Survivor Winners at War, but he was cut. There were concerns for the producers that his conduct in the all-star season was inappropriate, obviously, and the fact that the show was in a different culture and time, (laughs) and they were hoped to show better conduct for the other castaways by not expecting future castaways to lounge around camp naked. Reasonable. And being naked is not a good idea on Survivor. They are always sitting in sand and dirt. Just don't be naked at all unless you're at your house. I wonder if it was like part of his game, like part of his mental game of Survivor is uh, like... To get everyone uncomfortable? Yeah, I, I don't know, maybe, but... Do you know what my strategy will be? I'm not going to be the fully naked man when I'm on Survivor. I'm going to be wearing a fucking full tuxedo every day <laughs> without question. You go into the woods and you come out with a fucking tuxedo made out of leaves. <laughs> Some shit you wove. Hey, it's all about bringing something new to the show. All right, that's Survivor, number four. What about Big Brother? Big Brother is number five on the list. I knew it. Been airing for 20 years, started in 2000. Started the same time as Big Brother. I'm sorry, as Survivor. Now, Big Brother, of all the ones on this, well, I've watched some of them just as little as Big Brother. But I'm vaguely familiar. It's an American television reality competition show based on the original Dutch reality show, the same name. Takes its name from the character in George Orwell's 1949 novel, 1984. The American series started on July 5th, 2000 on CBS. Currently the second longest running adaptation in the Big Brother franchise to date after the Spanish version. Broadly follows the premise of other versions of this format, other different language versions, in which a group of contestants known as house guests live together in a specially constructed house that is isolated from the outside world for a cash prize of $500,000 or $750,000 in the 23rd season, which I'm guessing is one of the more Pocket recent change. seasons. Yeah. House guests are continually, continuously monitored during their stay in the house by live television cameras as well as personal audio microphones. Throughout the course of the competition, they are evicted from the house, being voted out of the competition. In the first season, ratings declined and critical reaction grew increasingly negative, prompting the series to be revamped for the second season, focusing more on competition and gameplay. So I guess maybe the first season was all, like maybe the first season was all fucking hooking up in the dark and shit. You know, they mentioned the cameras being filmed and recorded at all times, but isn't that just a normal fucking reality show? I think it's like 24 hours a day and there's no crew. There's not a crew there all the time. Okay. But I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't watch it. It just seems like way too much of the same. It seems like a very extreme version of real world. Last note I have about Big Brother is an infamous moment occurred in season two and after an argument. Shannon took fellow guest Hardy's toothbrush and scrubbed the toilet with it and then put it back. Oh, no. She was then informed that that was against the rules and she was forced to replace it, although at the time she did not have to state what she had done with it. She did that because she didn't like the guy? Yeah. Brandon, that's like, I'd rather you kill me than stick my toothbrush in the toilet without telling me. Well, 
It could do both. That's just like the un the unbargainable sin. Death by shitty toothbrush. Yeah. Don't do that, folks. Don't put your finger in peanut butter and don't stick anyone's toothbrush. I don't care if it's Hitler. Don't stick anyone's toothbrush in the toilet. It's not cool. There's a certain level of trust you have with your toothbrush. <laughs> right. Don't go off in the toilet now. I'm leaving. You stay here in your little holder. Yeah. Well, you just trust that it's going to be nice and clean for you the next time. Mm -hmm. Also, about Big Brother, don't give a fuck about Big Brother. Should we move on? Yep. So, out of the four remaining, number 10, number 6, and number 3 are all competitions. They're all what you would probably normally think of as a reality TV show. Something that is cast and then there's a competition. Number one is a little bit different. Number one is reality, but it is like documentary reality. It would be very, very difficult to script this show. Okay, so for one of the competition shows, what about The Amazing Race? The Amazing Race is number six on the list. It started just after Survivor, so it's been airing for 19 years, started in 2001. The Amazing Race, number six, it's an adventure reality game show in which teams of two race around the world and the race is split into different legs with each leg requiring teams to deduce clues, navigate themselves in foreign areas, interact with locals, perform physical and mental challenges, and travel by airplane, boat, taxi, and other public transport options on a limited budget provided by the show. Teams are progressively eliminated at the end of most of the legs. Well, the first team to arrive at the end of the final leg wins a grand prize of a million dollars. I've never watched this show, but of all the ones we've discussed, it is the one that intrigues me most. Yeah, I think it would be the most fun to do. It's an adventure, it's a game, but like, I don't know, I'm sure that a lot of people have like, their relationships have been destroyed by their amazing yes. race. But well, when does the fucking happen? Not during the race, they don't have time for that. They've had a total of 565 contestants across their 32 seasons. Wow. Each member of the two-person teams is required to be an adult American citizen with an existing relationship with their teammate. According to one of the creators, in contrast to other reality TV shows that pit individuals against each other, it's more interesting to see how an experience like the race affects an existing relationship. Teams are primarily married and dating couples, regardless of sexual orientation, near and distant relatives, co-workers, and friends. And the only continent that they, they have not visited Antarctica. Evidently, there's not much to do there. Hmm. Uh, but that's it. They travel around the world. Yeah, it's, it's a good idea for the show. I'm not going to sit down and fucking watch it. But if someone said, hey, I'll, we'll pay you to miss work and do this show. Yeah, okay. I can do it. Like I said at the top, I don't really watch reality TV, never have. I did watch the early seasons of American Idol. Mm -hmm. It's the only shows we've discussed so far where I've like watched an episode. But lately, in present day, I do watch uh, the show Alone. Have you heard of that one? Mm -mm. It's good. It's uh, 10 contestants are dropped in like this remote part of Canada or Alaska, somewhere like that, mm -hmm. and they have to survive the winter by themselves with no materials. So, does a camera crew drop with them and just not just document them? No, the cam there is no camera crew. The, pers the contestant is equipped with all their own recording equipment. Oh, they're kind of like Survivor Man. He, has to tr he uh, used to trek all mm -hmm. his own equipment. There would be these cool like uh, wide shots of him walking across a long expanse of desert and getting really far away. 
And he would explain later, like, yeah, when you see that shot, haven't eaten in two days, <laughs> I am dehydrated and I had to put the camera down, walk mm-hmm. way back where I was, film myself walking like a quarter of a mile, then walk back and pack up the camera and then walk it back to where I was. So it's, yeah, that's no joke. Anyway, the latest season's on Netflix. Sounds like something I would watch. But why don't I give you another guess? Yeah, so now there are three remaining. Again, two of them are competition-style shows. Is something like Britain's Got Talent or something like that? No, these are all American reality TV shows. Yeah, the only ones that count, right? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, those are the only ones on this list. Mm-hmm. Is there something that revolves around dating? No. Number 10 is culinary competition. Oh, Hell's Kitchen? Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen is Gordon Ramsay, right? Yes, which I never watched before, but after today, I decided Gordon Ramsay needs to host every fucking reality show, especially The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. He could also host the Tennis Podcast if he has time. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen is an American reality competition TV series premiered on Fox on May 30th, 2005. It's hosted by celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay, who created and appeared in the British TV series of the same name. So each season, two teams of chefs compete for a job as head chef at a restaurant while working in the kitchen of a restaurant set up in the television studio. Progressive elimination format reduces the field of 20 to 12 to a single winner over the course of each season. In a typical episode, a single contestant is selected for elimination. And that sounds really simple, but mostly what it involves is a fucking lot of screaming. (laughs) It's just cooking. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay calling them a donkey. Just cooking and screaming. In the challenges, the teams are individual as tasked with a cooking challenge by Ramsay. The type of challenges are varied, includes ingredient preparation, meal prep, and taste tests. The first challenge of each season is a signature dish cook-off, giving the chefs an opportunity to show Ramsay their cooking. In a 2013 interview, Ramsey admitted the vast majority of his anger towards contestants was acting, his on-camera rage being done to force contestants to give their all, and that when off-camera, he treated all contestants with friendliness and respect. Ramsey further stated he would often meet with eliminated contestants after their departure from the show, offering positive criticism and advice. Staff and production members further affirmed that in real life, Ramsey is a sociable and friendly person. (laughs) I love how they had to affirm he's not a horrible dick and most of the on-camera drama is played out for the benefit of the audience. And if this is true, which I feel that it is, I don't think Ramsey, Gordon Ramsey, could be like that all the time and still be like, I think you could be like that once you are super successful maybe, but he can't be like that on camera and off camera and still be successful and still be on air. So it does make sense that he's playing it up for TV, but he, it comes from a legit fucking place. I spent some time today looking for good Gordon Ramsay insults. The written version just doesn't do it justice. You have to watch the YouTube compilations of him insulting people. He is a master at just fucking making people <laughs> feel horrible. And it is hilarious. Well, that's my question. You know, he, he and the producers all agree that he's playing it up for the camera and he's acting. I can buy that. But the person he's screaming at, that person's not in on it, right? Well, I do think they are. I think they are probably notified ahead of time that like, 
Or they probably notice that in between takes, he's nice and friendly. And that when the camera's on, he's like, you fucking donkey. <laughs> they, so they know like in the moment. I mean, I know in the moment. You can tell in the moment when they're getting yelled at, their faces look so like, oh, fuck. And some of them get mad. Like, that's real. I do believe that. I believe that he's probably a pretty normal, pretty chill guy in real life. But uh, so I watched a compilation earlier and I got barely like two minutes into it before I would like had to pause because I, there was too much shit to write down in the first like minute of this compilation of him insulting the chefs on the show. His favorite thing is fuck off, fuck off, <laughs> fuck off, get the fuck out of here. Fuck off right now. The someone burnt the sa- salmon and he screamed, it looks like Gandhi's flip flop. <laughs> <laughs> He told this one chef, Sharon, enough's enough. Fuck off and go put on some more makeup. Oh, my God. There's another one. I mean, this is, I swear to God, this is the first minute of a YouTube video. I was howling laughing. I immediately saved it to my favorites for later. He's yelling at another chef. He says, Amanda, three times three. She says, nine. He says, then give me fucking, give me nine fucking tops, you stupid, thick bitch. Oh, my God. Brandon, he can't say that. He does. I saw him tasting something and he threw it down like I had a little tantrum and he said, fucking shit, fucking shit. And then multiple times he was yelling, fucking donkey. And I love the idea of somebody yelling and insulting people who want to be reality TV stars. Yeah. I mean, this is on you if you go on this show. Everyone knows what you're going to get into at this point. Chris Harrison is out as the host of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Gordon Ramsay. He seems to be on the right side of every issue, which is, fuck off. Enough's enough. Fuck off and go put on some more makeup, fucking donkey. (laughs) Was he saying that because she likes makeup or because she truly didn't have enough? I have no idea. The woman looked in the video to be wearing a normal amount of makeup. (laughs) There is a thing on Twitter where people send Gordon Ramsay like awful plates of like terrible food and they're like, look, I made this. What do you think? Uh (laughs) And he just replies and... Basically does a tweet version of fucking shitting shit. on him. Fucking donkey. Oh, I get, now I got to follow him. Like, I obviously knew who he was. I've known who he is for a long time. But until I like, really dug into Gordon Ramsay today, I, I realized, yeah, I love this guy. He should definitely be the new host of The Bachelor of the Bachelorette. They are, they are absolutely fucking up by not having him on the show. Would you vote for him for president? I have no intention of watching the new, epi- new seasons of Bachelor Bachelorette, but I would pay money up front to watch the whole season hosted by Gordon Ramsay. I played double if he was The Bachelor. <laughs> now that, now you're on to something. <laughs> Standing here in front of 25 fucking donkeys. You know for a fact that that would be the most viewed Bachelor in years. Yes. This is why... I don't know why they don't do it. This is why I should be a TV exec because I have all the fucking good ideas. Well, let's not go that far, but this was a good idea. This one thing. So, there's two left. I've landed on what I'm pretty confident number one is, but I'm going to save it. Well, I asked you if you'd vote Gordon Ramsay for president. You didn't answer. Real quick, give me your answer. Would you vote him for president? Well, he can't run for president. He's not an American-born citizen. Well, neither was Obama, (laughs) and he became president. Yeah, I guess I can't be a hypocrite. Sure, I'd vote for him. He's fun. And speaking of presidents, The Apprentice. Oh, no, The Apprentice isn't in the top 10. This can't be number three, but I'm out of guesses. Shark Tank? Nope. 
Shark Tank's not in the top 10. So number right, th- I need help with three. Number three is a spinoff of the real world and road rules. Oh, real world or I don't remember you know the name. It's called? But I, well, it's had no. multiple different names. I think it started out as real world road rules challenge. Now it's just called the challenge. The challenge is number three on the list. It's been airing for 22 years. Since 1998, have we been, have me and nobody else I've ever met in my life been enjoying the challenge? I've never watched an episode. Originally known as Road Rules All-Stars, followed by Real World Road Rules Challenge, and occasionally known as the Real World Road Rules Challenge. The challenge is a reality competition show on MTV. It spun off from Real World and Road Rules originally featured alumni from those two shows. Casting for the challenge has slowly expanded to include contestants who debuted on the challenge itself, which wouldn't be expanding. They would just be debuting. Fucking word police over here. Yeah. Jesus. Alumni from the other MTV franchise, including Are You the One, X on the Beach, Jordy Shore, and from other non-TV shows. I'd never heard of any of those before. The contestants compete against one another in various extreme challenges to avoid elimination. The winners of the final challenge get kicked out of a fucking helicopter. Oh, no, they win the competition, share a large cash prize. Mm. Now, I don't know why you didn't give this show a chance since you're such a fucking stand for the real world. Because I don't care about these like extreme challenges. I don't care anything about like non-athletes doing athletic stuff. I don't want to see people doing a race. There's fucking two dickheads doing a race. I want to see who are the two fastest dickheads in the world. Let's get them doing the race. Yeah, so we'll need Michael Scott, Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm going to have to carb load with a shitload of Alfredo pasta first. (laughs) So that's all I have on the challenge. It's a real nothing. So you think you know... It's still airing? Apparently so. It's probably on another one of those things that's like on Paramount Plus or some other bullshit Facebook watch. Okay. So yeah, you think you know what number one is, huh? Cops. You're right. It is Cops. I told you. Cops is the only one of these series that is... N- so this article that I got this from came, was written in April 2020. Between April 2020, or at two months after this article came out, Cops was pulled off the air and then canceled or discontinued due to the protests of, around the, the death of George Floyd. Yeah, all the shit that happened last year. So I have kind of a love-hate relationship with cops. I am extremely entertained by it, but I also know that it is a huge detriment to like, it's a big contributor to systemic racism, Yeah, contributes to a warped view of law enforcement, but it is super entertaining to watch these true interactions that police have. I've mentioned this before on the show, but I applied and went through the testing to be a police officer. But you couldn't cut it? No, I passed all the tests. This was about 13 years ago. I passed the, well, they say I didn't pass the written exam. Look, I'm not like, I don't beat my chest about, (laughs) I don't beat my chest about a lot, but I'm good at like reading, writing, and language. The reasoning they gave for why I didn't pass was that I failed the reading and writing part of the exam. And I was, that's when I immediately knew like, no, they didn't pick me for something for, for a different reason. And my strong suspicion is that it was something I said in the quote unquote unofficial or off the record interview after the real interview. So we're the, basically the cop who is like trying to determine whether or not you should go to academy 
asks you like if you have ever committed a crime or if you have ever done this. And I learned later from my brother who's in the military, he's like, yeah, they're trying to, it's plausible deniability. They can't tell you to lie, but they want you to tell them that your record is clean and it, they want to be able to see that you can keep your fucking mouth shut. And I was just honest. I was like, he asked things like, have you ever drank alcohol and then driven before? And I was like, yeah, I have. I mean, it's not like a proudest moment, but yeah, I've done that before. To become a police officer, to uphold the law, what you're supposed to do is demonstrate a willingness to lie and a li- willingness to cover up the misdeeds of your coworkers. Well, aren't you glad that didn't work out in hindsight? Oh yeah, very glad it didn't work out. Let me ask you something though. You mentioned that you were beating your chest, being a real asshole, bragging about how you're good at reading, writing. And... <laughs> reading and writing, sure. Yeah, but you left out one other thing you're really good at that's central to being a good police officer. You're really good and known for your booty clapping. Oh, I thought you were going to say eating donuts. No. Oh. Well, that... you got one of the best booty claps I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was how I passed the physical uh, exam. You have to like, you run through all these cones, you run under this one thing, you jump a chain link fence, you run around up and down some stairs, you jump a privacy fence, run up and down some stairs, you drag a 180 pound dummy like 25 feet into an area and then you go over and pull this like weight machine down to simulate handcuffing someone who's struggling and then the last thing you do is stick your ass out to a guy with a stopwatch (laughs) and clap your cheeks five times in a row and then that's when he clicks and you get your official time. Exactly. You said it better than I could. Yeah, cops canceled because it's uh, probably not good for society, but it was really entertaining to watch for a long time. And that's how I know cops is filled on location with the men and women of law enforcement. All suspects are innocent till proven guilty in a court of law. That's how the guy says it. I love the way he delivers that. Yeah. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. <laughs> yeah. But- oh, where else would they be proven guilty? <laughs> Fucking Wendy's. Not only that, but, you know, they don't realize that we have already judged them for ourselves in the court of our television viewing. Usually we, you can see We've seen see all we need to see. Usually you can see them committing the crime at <laughs> the, <beginning of the, laughs> the beginning of the encounter. I love the song at the beginning. I still love it. I love it at the beginning of the episode. I love it at the end of the episode. I love the song Bad Boys. Yeah. Love the accent. What you gonna do? Sheriff John Brown come for you. What you gonna do when they come for you? Uh, It's an American television documentary reality legal programming television program. It is not legal programming. Legal programming would be fucking a TV series set inside a real law office uh, watching law clerks like highlight stacks of papers for six hours a day. No, this is law enforcement programming. It ran for 32 seasons, premiered on Fox Network March 11th, 1989. Series follow cities, police officers, and sheriff's deputies, sometimes backed up by state police or other agencies during patrol, calls for service, and other police activities, including prostitution and narcotic stings, and occasionally the serving of search and arrest warrants at a criminal residence. Fox TV originally picked up this low-cost production during the 1988 Writers Guild of America strike. This was an idea that had already been pitched, but it was picked up because it's something that was cheap that they could do without writers. It has followed officers in 140 different cities in the United States, also in Hong Kong, London, and the Soviet Union, which I didn't see. Hong Kong and the Soviet Union? Yeah, I didn't see any of the international. I I would love to see the international episodes. I'm surprised fucking Hong Kong and Soviet Union allowed that. Yeah, I know. Allowed that. 
It was probably highly supervised and edited. The London episodes had to be super boring since the cops don't have any guns. They just have those sticks and those really fucking tall hats. <laughs> and they just run around going, oh, tut, tut, stop that now. <laughs> you say boring, I say, yeah, it's pretty boring. They wave their nightstick around and say, tut, tut, come on now. <laughs> Hurry before, before tea time. A crew member named Bryce Dion was shot and killed during a shootout between Omaha Police Department and a fast food restaurant robber named Cortez Washington. Washington was later found to be wielding an airsoft pistol. The crew member was an audio technician who was wearing a bulletproof vest, but still was shot under the arm and then later died at the hospital. Shot by who? Cop. Okay, because the robber didn't have a gun. Yeah, robber had an airsoft pistol, which, I mean, like, if you take something that looks like a gun and perform a robbery, it doesn't matter that you find out later it was an airsoft pistol. You done fucked up, bud. Yeah. But the audio technician did not fuck up and was shot in the chaos. Wrong place, wrong time, bud. They have several best of videos of cops, and I love the names of these. Uh, Includes Cops in Hot Pursuit. Uh, that one's all, you know, fast driving. Cops, shots fired. That's shooting. Of course. Cops, bad girls. <laughs> and cops, caught in the act, which included uncensored, too hot for TV segments containing profanity and nudity that was edited out of the network version. That's the one I want. I've, no, it's not. I've seen cops caught in the act and the shit is too hot for TV. It wasn't like... A fucking model was found on the side of the road with her tits out. And they're like, hey, nice lady, are you drunk? Cover up those hot boobies. No, it's <laughs> some disgusting, some disgusting middle-aged crackhead guy with his pants falling around his knees while he's running from the cops and his crack ass shows. Put your hot boobs away, ma'am. Tut, tut, put those hot titties away. <laughs> fucking cops. And of course, Cops was immortalized in the movie Step Brothers because of the famous scene with the nutsack on the drums because he knew that Cops didn't come on till 4.30. Why are you all sweaty? I was watching Cops. <laughs> <laughs> and he delivers it so earnestly. It's very convincing. You immediately go like, well, of course, yeah. this is the kind of guy who gets really sweaty watching Cops. <laughs> Oh, so there we go. The longest running reality TV series. Top 10 again. Number 10 was Hell's Kitchen. Number nine, The Bachelorette. Number eight, American Idol. Number seven, The Bachelor. Number six, The Amazing Race. Number five, Big Brother. Number four, Survivor. Number three, Amazingly the Challenge. Number two, The Real World. And number one, in our hearts and on this list, Cops. Well, you know, the thing about Cops is all these other shows, you win something. Yeah, on Cops. Cops, all you win is going to fucking prison. You're right. Every single one of these is a quest to win at least $500,000. And on Cops, you get tased and dragged to jail (laughs) with one shoe off. Which of these shows do you think you'd have the best chance at winning at other than Cops? Best chance of winning. Definitely not Hell's Kitchen. I can't make it there. Definitely not. Not American Idol. Not American (laughs) Idol, no. Uh, I don't have it out for Big Brother. I can't. I couldn't do that. So, between the challenge and Survivor both seem like they're probably around the same, like the same type of thing, but I feel like the competition Survivor, I might be able to stick with a little bit more. So, it'd be between Survivor and The Amazing Race, both of the CBS shows that are geared towards, I think, 
you know, middle America, like yeah. they're, they're just a little bit lighter and easier. I think Amazing Race is the one I would want to do and the one I would have the best chance to be successful at. I think the one I'd have the best chance of being successful at is The Bachelorette because I just can't see a bachelorette not choosing me. I'd like for you to go on The Bachelorette and introduce yourself as a married father of two. <laughs> but, then, but then still like very earnestly want to sleep and fall in love with and marry this I'm woman. I'm here for the right reasons, Trisha. Like, so what happens is the first of the episode, Trisha's standing there, the limo pulls up, right? And she's seen a couple limos already with like kind of young, hunky guys, young single guys. He's like, uh, my name's Chad. I'm a stockbroker from Miami. Uh, I like to surf, I like to ride jet skis, and I have a small dick. <laughs> yeah. And they hug, he goes in, another guy comes out, says a different version of the same thing, only he's wearing cowboy boots. And then the third limo pulls up and Nick gets out, he's wearing his tuxedo woven out of leaves that he made in the jungle yep. on Survivor. You introduce yourself by saying, my name is Nick, I'm married, I'm a father of two, and I but assure you- But she'd appreciate you, the honesty. I assure you, I am here for the right reasons and now like that's the thing that every time someone asks you why you're there or if you're there for trisha or what you're doing you don't say that you're there for trisha you just vehemently reiterate that you are there for the right reasons right and who's to say what's the wrong or right reasons right that's when you pull your tuxedo jacket open and lift your tuxedo dress shirt up <laughs> To show the tattoo uh -huh. on your stomach that says, only God can judge me. <laughs> you, you know what? I was wrong earlier. You should be a TV executive because you got this all figured out. All the twists and turns. It started out watching the real world when I was way too young to be learning about AIDS and peanut butter. And here I am. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that would seal the deal for me on The Bachelorette, you know, she might be kind of put off by the fact that I'm married with two children mm -hmm. uh, and wearing a leaf tuxedo. But when she finds out... I'm Nick Amell, host of the world-renowned tennis podcast. I think that would do it. And speaking of our world-renowned podcast, let's give you an example because I have a few reviews here to close the show out with. Okay. First one comes from Pretty Floral Bonnet, maybe a future bachelorette contestant, right? This is such a fun idea for a podcast and I'm impressed with how entertaining it is. Genuinely laughed out loud at the most mentioned characters in the Bible episode. These dudes are awesome. I could tell by that user's name that it was going to be a positive review. Why? Because it says pretty in the name? Because it was a nice, it, the name was nice imagery. It wasn't like fucking big girth 69. It was <laughs> something about flowers. We had one that one time that one was just called Taco Bell. <laughs> with no numbers or anything. Well, Brandon, uh, I challenge you. I have a challenge for you. Bring us another Bible-related episode because we've had a few positive mentions of that. Of what now? bible Oh yeah, episode. You got to get back to that Bible. Tell us about the devil and, the, and God. Well, thank you, Pretty Floral Bonnet, for the review and the pretty imagery. Next one comes from Riolucci on Apple Podcasts. They say, this podcast was entertaining. Brandon and Nick have found the perfect balance between comedy and information that might be useful at trivia night. The hosts have great banter and chemistry. I love the somewhat dry sense of humor and how well produced the show is. I found myself hitting that subscribe button real fast. Another good one. Love the somewhat dry sense of humor. Is that like a subtle dig at us? Somewhat dry? Yeah. It just means it's like a little moist. Mm. Okay. Well, from our moist podcast to yours, thank you for your review. And if you want me to read your review to Brandon and have him react to it, <laughs> then go write a review and I'll read it. 
have him barely react to it. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Well, good deal, everybody. Got a big yeah, dose of reality a, today. I had a reality good time. Yeah, man, that's where we got to stop it. Okay. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you, except if you've been on the show, Cops. And we especially appreciate Gordon Ramsay, who's listening now. Thank you, Gordon. We'll be back next week. I'll have the list. Until then, peace. Peace, you fucking donkeys. Bye. Bye.